HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at HearstRanch.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. And I'm Souther Teague. Hi, Souther. Hey, buddy. I feel like I'm, I'm great. I feel like it's been forever since I've been here. Have you even been here this year? Nope. Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, were, we had a three-week break because the station was closed for the holidays, right. and Dave was traveling the world and not paying attention to his job. Um, Correct. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm glad you had a good time, though. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then last week I couldn't be here because some stuff, just some shit, man. Yeah, really sucked. Came up, came up fast. Yeah, yeah. I guess I can talk about it. Like we, sure, I think we, we should. We had a pro- yeah, we should actually. <clears throat> unplanned, unrehearsed. Uh, we had a problem in my company where um, you know some sexual harassment went down, and we had to make swift action, and and so that we we had to have a an all staff meeting among seventy uh, plus employees to 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 bring a swift halt to that sort of activity and ended up frankly having to let go of a, a senior member of the team and yeah, man. I just so had to be done man I couldn't make the show because I had to do the hard work that is life you know I think yeah. we get to we talk all the time about all the fun and lucky stuff that we get to do this was the this was the unfun and unlucky side of it yeah I mean you got to talk about it that's the whole point right now I think point. so a lot I, of people you know it's a lot of stuff's coming up that's uh, the, that's the climate that's out there and and you yeah. know I think uh I think it's a good thing that we're moving in the right direction, yeah. And I'm I'm not one to tolerate that sort of behavior, and and so I didn't. Yeah. And there you have it. Well, good. Good. I hope you had a great show last week with John. I wanted to be here. You know, I have a I have one of his pieces on my wall. Yeah, me too. I've got a couple of them. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. He and he dropped off uh, the uh, illustration of uh, my bar, Grand Army, at, for us. Oh, that's Grand right. Army. Yes, yes. I can't wait to nice see a frame. Big. Yeah, I'm gonna. It'll be on the wall. Yeah, table four. And yeah, table four. <laughs> I listened to the show. Yeah, I can't be here, but I listened. <laughs> yeah, it was a great time with John Tebow last week. Speaking of great times, um, the guest that we have on the show today is 
someone I've known for a very long time. And, it, and you know, actually, we were just talking about it before the show. I can't really remember where or how I met this person, but those are my favorite kinds of people. It's like just all of a sudden you've got like a person in your life, and you don't really need to know like the story of yeah. how you met the first time, or whatever. But I do know that when my band the the, the uh, theme song for the uh, uh, the Speakeasy is actually a song by my band called Brothers. And when we were releasing our album about five, our first album about five years ago, we got to play at the legendary CBGB. Oh, yeah. Although it's a John Varvato shop now. They clear it out for, they were doing it about once a month back then uh, for different bands. And we got to play CBGBs for Amazing. our album release. And I had a couple of buddies there. Liquor.com was a sponsor with it. And uh, a couple of our buddies, Tom Venegas and. The person we have on the show today, Willie Shine, made hey. up a whole cocktail menu based on our album. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So that's really cool. Uh, and that's the, so special place in my heart with this guy. Uh, welcome to the show, Willie Shine. Thank you very much, guys. Happy to be here. I can't believe you've not been on the show before. I know. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I, I know that you brought it up a few times and it just yep, uh, never came to fruition. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. You know, at it's the crazy. end of the day, proud to be here now. I'm super happy to have you, man. You're, you, man. you're, you're like a. Uh, you're a dynamo. Like you have uh, a certain amount of, uh, or not even amount, a certain style of energy that is infectious. Like you, every time I see you in a room, I'm like, all right, this is going to be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not kidding. Like Appreciate if I roll that, into man. if Thank I roll you. into an event or a room or whatever, and you and you are already there, or when you come into the room, things change. Like you set a <laughs> you set a tone. You you, you have like traveling music. Like <laughs> you got like a theme song when you're when you're in your head or whatever. I don't know what it is. A lot of energy though. Good to see you. Right on, man. Thank you very much. Yeah. So why don't you uh, why don't you tell us about Willie Shine, man? You uh, right now you are um, uh, you work for Jägermeister. Yep. Uh, one of my faves. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's every, a good one. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows. Um, yeah. But let's take take us back. How did you get? How did you get to where you are now in this uh, this industry? Well, I mean, it, we could go as far back as... you've done a lot. You've, been, you've had, like, yeah. a, co- a cocktail consultant company yeah. from back in the day. You've you've done... Uh, let's you know, let's establish first. You're an old dude. I'm an old dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old dude, 45 this year. Looking forward nice. to it, though, you yeah. know? I've worn a lot of hats in this game, man. I've been around for a long time. I've, it, it, but I tell you what, I've been blessed. Uh, now I've, it, it, the, the opportunities that, uh, that this um, industry has given me is uh like we were speaking of before is is pretty pretty incredible um and you know i guess going back as far as when i first started bartending in 1993 to kind of pay my way through college i was going to architecture school i played two sports i was basketball baseball division three school in uh in boston massachusetts my uh, my hometown um and i was paying my way through through uh through school uh, I started off as a barback, uh, and then ultimately had an opportunity that, uh, like, uh, you know, a lot of stories go, you know, bartender didn't make it in. I put my hand <laughs> up and said, I'm ready to go. Let's yeah, go. Put and me back, in coach. Put me in coach. I'm ready to play. And, um, back, back in those days, of course, we were making just like screwdrivers and, and, um, sex on the beaches and, and things and things like that. And, um, you know, I, I, I always was asking questions to, to, to my mentors of that time. Like, I had an opportunity really young to work in a place that was full of incredible individuals that just, you know, it was called Zanzibar in Boston. It was, it was a nightclub that was at the tail end of um, when people went out dancing for dates. 
You know, yeah, it was pre-EDM yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It was like, let's go out on a date and dress up and go dancing. That's and the cool. local DJ from the radio station was your DJ at the nightclub. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked on the fact that I was able to be a part of that era a little bit, yeah. you know? So, so early years, uh, all of the bartenders that I work with, that I worked with, um, most of them were just, they were great mentors, you know? Um, and there was one guy that worked, um, you know, point at a bar, front bar, and his name was Augie. And Augie was a uh, private detective during the day, and he was a bartender at night. And he was probably 35 at the time, and I was Old like dude. 18, you know? <laughs> and uh, he was a rad dude. And I always ask him, like, Augie, what do I do? To, how can I be like you, man? I, I, you know, I, I love what you do. I, I love this industry. I've fallen in love with it. What are some of the things that, you know, that, that I could do? And, 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 his, and what I keep really still to this day in, 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 in everything that I do, the biggest thing he said is don't be a one-trick pony. Learn all styles of bartending. And back then, what was it? It was like sports bars. It was a steakhouse. It was a restaurant. And, like, you know, flair wasn't even that big back then. I mean, it was just, yeah. it wasn't that, it was, but learn. So, so Willie, you could get behind any bar and hold court. And I just kept that with me through the years, you know, and that, that was, that's something that I, you know, held, held close to my heart. And what I still would, would teach young, young up-and-comers today is, like, don't be just a cocktail bartender. Don't just be a volume bartender. Like, learn, learn all styles so that if you really love this industry, be able to, you know, jump behind any stick and hold court kind of thing, you know. And um, back then, it was all about experience and hospitality. Boston's a small town. It was very segregated, too. So you had to, you know, personally promote without an ego, right? So back before we had, um, you know, cell phones and internet and all that kind of stuff, I was taught to get business cards, yeah. keep a Rolodex, tell people you're on the bar, get people to come in. I would buy champagne off the house and like pour glasses of champagne as people came in just to make them feel at home. Classy you know, little there. things, <laughs> the little tiny things early on, you know? And, um, you know, so that was, that was the early years. And then, you know, that was all, you know, volume uh, and and as as we know and you guys are OGs man so you know when you really find you know your niche in volume and you're like in that zone and you're you know running that bar with all the people in front of you and you know you're putting money in the register and you're ringing high and everybody's having a blast and you're holding court and your whole thing it's one of the best feelings in the world so yeah. i still to this day you know cherish the the years of volume bartending it was it was great. Um, and then I fell in love with the fine dining side. I, I got a job on Newbury Street in Boston at a place called Armani Cafe. It was pretty funny. And uh, during the day, I was where, one, one, a buddy of mine was the general manager of, um, actually, he was the owner of the Harley Davidson store on Newbury Street in Boston. Really? And so I would work there during the day selling Harley clothes to like <laughs> international, like Euro, uh, Euro cats that love the American made, you know, kind of thing. It was pretty funny. And then I would, and then I would work at, at this fine dining establishment. I really, that's when I, that's when I got the bug as far as food, as far as flavor as far as how to match it together, understanding back of the house, front of the house, how it all comes together. And I luckily had a chef that, um, and we would work together, a chef at this place, and we would work together, and I would, I would juice uh, uh, leftover, leftover juice, I would use fruit that was left over, and I would start making my own drinks. This is like 1998, 97. Right. And I would start coming up with things, you know? Didn't know, I mean, you look at a Boston bartender guide back there, or back then, or one of those other bartending books, and I, even if you saw the recipes, it just yeah. didn't stick. Right. I didn't understand two ounce, one ounce, three. I just started to work with flavors mixing, sure. and I fell in love with the, the that style of bartending too because of the amount of other things you could offer, like ports and sherries and right. wine and beer and all of that. 
And um, it ultimately took me to um, Nantucket Island off the coast of Massachusetts um, near Martha's Vineyard, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, fell in love with that island right away, ended up having a job, a great job. Uh, So as I showed up, I thought I was the cat's meow, right? I was giving out my resume. It was it was the end of the summer. It was in the fall. People were like, we're not hiring now. What are you doing? (laughs) So I was like, screw it. I'll stay here for the for the winter. I'll dig in and by summer. Um, I'll try to get, you know... I'll one, be top one, of the one, list at that time. Yeah, right? hopefully, you know? <laughs> and uh, through the summer, I, I ended up taking a server job, which I'd never been a server before. Um, so I had to kind of throttle back a little bit and take that ego down a little bit and, and really just kind of dig in and get to know the uh, the environment and the people and local community. And I was I painted and I worked at the gym and I pumped gas and I did whatever it took to get through the, uh, the winter. And then by the time um, summer came around, I got an opportunity to work at uh, these two places called The Boarding House and The Pearl, two really, really, really incredible, incredible restaurants in, in Nantucket Island. They're still there today. Cool. Um, really epic, epic joints. And learned so much from those guys about hospitality, uh, dealing with people. Um, you know, you had celebrities, you had, you know, the... the the, the the millionaires and then you had the the you know the construction workers and the in the uh, you know bartenders and fishermen. restaurants and fishermen and everybody that yeah. were just rubbing elbows together and it was a beautiful little community I fell in love with and and, and then in the summer times I would go to Aspen so Nantucket Aspen back and forth that was the glory days you know really enjoyed really enjoyed doing that life. Um, and then had an opportunity to move to New York and open up a restaurant in two thousand two three it's called the Biltmore Room. It was on uh, 8th Avenue and 25th Street. Bill Grimes gave us our, his last three-star review. Uh, ended up meeting, you know, my mentors still to this day, the Steve Olsons, Paul Packle, Dave Wandrich, all those cats um, early on and had great opportunities like we were talking about before. Just, you know, right place, right time, a lot of luck, a lot of passion into this, this, this career path. And I met a lot of people that were that were interested in similar things. You know, when I moved to New York, it was like, oh, my God, people are doing this kind of thing. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. Yeah. Like, it just opened my eyes. I was like, I have an opportunity here to do something I really, really enjoy. And uh, it was to, rad. Up to this point, do you think you were still in a position where you thought, I'm just doing this because I'm enjoying it and it's fun? Or were you at the place at that point where you're like, this isn't going to be my career. Like, this is what I'm doing. I was, when I got to, when I got to New York... And, to open the restaurant. And to open the restaurant and started seeing, like, Julie Reiner opening Flatiron Lounge, Sasha Petrosky with Milk and Honey, the amount of uh, um, newspapers and magazines and stuff that were talking about cocktails and bartenders and, you know, f- back of house coming to front of house mm-hmm. and chefs working with, like, that was the beginning of it, uh, you know, and I just happened to step into the right situation, right place, right time where it was popping. And uh, that is when I realized that this is an opportunity of a lifetime to really dig in. Um, and, and, and that's a decade, by the way, because you said 93 is when you started bartending, and then yeah. you said 2003. That's, yep. So you took it, it took 10 years for you to kind of like have a fragmented training session, it sounds like. It sounds like you, you got something from each place yep. that, that became the whole of, of, of like... Drink. I mean, I mean, up until that point, you know, there was there was moments I, I was in I was in love with bartending. Yeah, I just and I still am, I still have the bartender mentality brain still to this day. The competitive nature, the the working with it within a family and a group and a and a, and a team and 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 the you know dealing with you know the, not dealing with but working with your guests and people and experience and hospitality yeah. and all that 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 whole world to me is like. 
I got a full body goosebump with you guys in here in this room talking about it right now, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this that is the, is the world. And this is the stuff you can't like teach people, you know. Yeah. Willie's just got it. He's just got it, man. <laughs> well, I know that. So, like, so this is you got us up to 2003ish, 2004ish, and then you had met Paul, Steve, Dale, and then you were in the inaugural Bar Five Day, right? Which was 2006. 2006, yeah. So uh, previous to that, I opened up a after after the after the restaurant. I um, I went back to Nantucket for a little bit, and then I came back to to New York and opened up Bed. I don't know if you guys remember bed. Bed. Bed nightclub. The place with all the beds. With all the beds and the roof. I mean, we we kicked off rooftop um, partying environment bars here in this city. There was yeah. nothing like it up until that point. And, you know, star-studded staff of John LaMare, um, Aisha Sharp, uh, Edwin Medina, Remy Chobaton, Tim Cooper. I mean, we had an incredible, incredible bartending staff uh, that was... Um, it was epic to work with. I mean, we were doing some crazy things there. Each register would ring like fifteen grand on a night. It was bananas. Crazy, man. It was bananas. Bananas, bananas, bananas. Um, and we were, you know, and Dale DeGroff was our was a the the consultant at the beginning that that helped us do the menu. Um, so a lot of education <laughs> pregame. That's where Leo DeGroff, you know, Leo DeGroff got his uh, cut his teeth for his first bartending job was with us. Nice. Yep. Cool. He's like, uh, here's a funny story, and I hope Leo hears this. Oh, he will. Is um, <laughs> I'll make sure. So we're 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 you know if, like whenever you open up a restaurant, you, you know, you're doing your bar training, you're doing your cocktail training, that kind of thing, and we were at a, we were at a situation, we we're at the moment where everybody was introducing themselves and talking about who they are and what they what they do and that kind of thing, and Leo was there to help. Dale help his dad uh, kind of put on this this week long training because Leo was would always travel with Dale and help him with his events and that kind of thing and I think he was like eighteen or nineteen at the time or maybe yeah somewhere around there and uh, we get to him and Leo goes I'm a shark fisherman Leo I'm a shark fisherman you know but if you look at if you look at Leo's Instagram pages and, and his social media it's all about it's all about fishing I mean the kid he just lo- he loves fishing to death but it was funny back then. Uh, for him to just say that, and now the career that he ha- has had and has and has carved out for himself, uh, all began with his dad, and then ultimately through through the bed uh, uh, situation, which was um, which was beautiful. <laughs> That's um, so post post bed. Um, well, actually, let's pause right there. Go ahead. We're about halfway through the show. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors, and then we'll come back and that'll get us caught up to where you are today. So we've heard your past, and now we're about to hear your present and future. Nice one. Yeah. proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. The Hearst family has been raising cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of California's Central Coast for over 150 years. Piedra Blanca Rancho in San Simeon is the original Hearst Ranch, founded by George Hearst in 1865. George's son was the famous publisher, William Randolph Hearst. In addition to being known for building the iconic Hearst Castle, William was, like his father before him, an avid rancher. In his words... 
I would rather spend a month at the ranch than any place in the world. Thanks to one of the largest land conservation easements in California history, a joint effort with the California Rangeland Trust, the American Land Conservancy, and the state of California, the working landscape at Hearst Ranch will be preserved forever. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at HearstRanch.com. And we are back. You're listening to The Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. Our guest today is Willie Shine. We're just kind of getting to... Man, you, I love. I always love when we have people on, we get to hear their uh, their background. You've got a hell of a one. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> as far as like getting into it. Thanks, um, man. Yeah, so when we left the first half, you were uh, we just started talking about doing the uh, the bar five acres. Yeah, we were talking mm-hmm. about shark fishing. And then shark fishing. And then <laughs> bed. And then bed. I mean, like... How, how many times was that featured on Sex in the City? Jesus. Like, were you ever in the background <laughs> shots? Well, that was, to be honest, that was like a inspiration for the, for the show. Uh, we, it wasn't even really built yet in New York. It was, the, the original one is in, was in Miami Beach, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be built and ready for that show back then, but it, the, it just wasn't, wasn't in time. So when they, did it on, when they did it on the show, it was in like a, like a, a warehouse that they built out, oh, okay. yeah, that yeah, kind sure. of thing. But you know, because the timing just didn't work. Um, <laughs> amazing. But pretty, pretty funny. Um, anyway, you know. Cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's jump back to that spot. Uh, you did Bar Five Day in 2006. How did that change your career? I mean, I feel like I've never done Bar Five Day because I don't have the money. I can't um, take that much time off work. That, that's, it's, it's, a du- <laughs> it's a duality. I don't have the money. That's yeah, tough. And then you lose a week's worth of work. Yeah. Um, but I, I totally see it and value it and understand it and know that that's a fucking golden ticket, man. You go to bar five day and pass and do well, that's your fucking, you're in. And I mean, it's a golden ticket, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really about the individual. Oh, of know, course. Everything you know. is, but. And it's intense. But I don't think any individual's intense. going to that who doesn't have that mentality. So if, if right. you fucking go, you've already kind of got that mentality, but then you get the ticket. Right, right. And even if you don't, you the camaraderie that comes out of that. The people that I hear say that they went through Bar 5 Day, they they view their, their classmates as like fucking battery mates for life. Like, right? Yeah. I mean, well, listen, I mean, I got very lucky, right? So like I said previously, right place, right time, right situation, right people. I just, you know, it just so happened that in 2006, when uh, when that came to fruition with the Bar Five Day Partners, um, I had already happened to be working with Steve Olson and Andy Seymour, um, uh, which, uh, you know, doing events around the country and, and, and different things like that. And um, once this popped, it was, okay, Andy Seymour, Willie Shine, Leo DeGroff, a couple others, we're going to run the back of the house. We are going to, you know, kick this thing off, the inaugural. And you know the first one, like like anything, is was was crazy. It was in a venue on like 29th or 30th Street in Manhattan, between like seven and eight. It was an old nightclub that um, had three or four floors, and we brought you know, so bar five day. You bring everything in, yeah. Produce it, break everything down, send it back. Right. So it's a it's five or six days of a production, you yeah. know, and we do everything. We bring it in. You, you, you run it and, and then break it down and send it out. So the, the first one was crazy. Uh, super proud to have been a part of it. Uh, and from that day to this year, um, it has grown exponentially. Um, every year we get better. Um, but, but like you said, um, it's, a, it's intense, but it's, it's an opportunity for the, the bartender 
that really wants to further their career and learn as much as they can. I mean, I kind of describe it like if you're going to go to become a master of wine or a master sommelier or something like that, the only thing that's close to that in the cocktail world, in the bar world, would be bar five day. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Agreed. So it's, it's, in, it's intense, but, you know, it takes the right individual that wants to further their career and learn these things. Because you taste over 300 spirits blind throughout the week. And you got all these cats, you know, like Dale and Dave and, and, and Andy. And, and, and now we got Sean Kenyon and, and Leo and myself. And, you know, now we have a bigger fac- faculty uh, as of this year um, that Julie Reiner and Misty Kalkofen uh, was involved. Like, involved. Like, yeah. There's so many people now that are like part of the faculty and teaching and, 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 and a part of it and a part of th- that are woven into this like incredible texture and color and. You know, it's just it's it's a wonderful th- thing to be a part of, as well as it's a it's an incredible opportunity for an individual to to learn uh, and be in the room with like minded individuals. Uh, so it, it's it's pretty fantastic. And this was number fifteen this year, actually. All right, I'm gonna so, start no. saving my pennies. Me and you are going next year. Okay. <laughs> he's he's like okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. Before we keep going too far, you brought us a bottle of something to drink. You want to talk about it? Yeah, I'm, so I'm crack it open. so oh, these yeah. days I'm the brandmeister of Jägermeister. Um, brandmeister is, uh, I guess you could define it as uh, brand expert, um, conduit to the bartender. I sit on the marketing team. Um, I do a lot of global, uh, a global work as well, helping with global cocktail strategy, um, that kind of thing. U.S. cocktail strategy. Uh, everything education, um, you know, to one of your favorites. Uh, it is one of my favorites. Which is Jägermeister, but also just the bitter herbal world, you know? people. Yeah, people so, try and call me out all the time for it being one of my favorites. And I'm like, listen, man, you've been drinking it wrong. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Dave, and, I, um, Dave I poured you one too, by the way. So what I brought here today is called a Jägermeister Manifest. Yeah. And Jägermeister I, Manifest. I haven't tried it yet. I'm excited. Is, um, a, is coming out this year. Um, it's already launched in Germany and the U.K., uh, it's coming here uh, in around May, June into this country. Uh, very limited allocation. It's very hard to make, so it's always going to be, you know, something that we'll never have a lot of volume of. Um, but it's beautiful. And uh, I'm proud to be, you know, say that I was a little bit of a part of uh, uh, the process. And, um, you know, it's it's got Jägermeister at its core, right? It's got the family and heritage at its core. Uh, but they've add, we've done a few things to it in its process to, to, to change it a little bit. Um, and that being uh, a little bit of less, there's less caramel, less sugar, higher ABV. But then also there's a fifth macerate added Ooh. that's double, you know, two times the herbal load into that macerate. As well as we've added a, we've blended in a uh, northern wheat distillate from Germany uh, called corn. So there's a, there's a wheat distillate in Germany called corn. Uh, it's kind of weird. Corn, the band, K-O-R-N. That's not confusing at all. A wheat wheat distillate called corn. Called corn, yeah. And um, what we did with that that distillate is we age it in um, unique barrels that we make ourselves with uh, American wood and German wood with a medium char for 15 months. Regular size barrel? Regular regular size barrel. Not the legendary Jägermeister Mighty Oak casks. No, not the Mighty Oak cask, but we still, you know, we still uh, rest it in the Mighty Oak cast uh, for for Jägermeister in order for the uh, botanicals to kind of come together. But you ever seen those things, Damon? Mighty. Yeah. Mighty, mighty. It's it's on its side. And when you stand in front of the round part of the top, you know, basically what would be the top of a barrel, it's, what is it, 18, 20 feet tall? Yeah, double your, some of them are double. 
Yeah, something like 18, 20 They're feet. They're massive. Yep. <laughs> so like, this we're going to build a, a real barrel. It's like a subway <laughs> tunnel. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. It's bigger yeah. than this studio for sure. Yeah. Anyhow, th- okay, so we're giving it some nose. What do we got here? So it's Jägermeister at its core. Uh, we've added in all those things that, that, that I've said. It's, it's, the process takes a while to do, and um, it's a beautiful thing. So what you're going to get here, you see the color. It's not, as you, as, as you, know, as you guys know, I mean, there's, you can see there's not a lot of caramel here. And in this category, um, you know, the, the listeners out there, you know, in the herbal bitter category, caramel isn't a dirty word. Caramel no. is, a, is, is, a, is an ingredient. Yep. It adds that, um, if you've had a creme brulee before, right, that burnt sugar kind of flavor profile mm-hmm. uh, with a little bit of bitterness, right? That's, that's what caramel does. So uh, at the end of the day, there's a little bit of less, a little less caramel in there, a little less also, sugar here, but it it's still It also changes liquor. the density of the spirit. Yep. Yeah, it does a lot of stuff. I mean, burnt sugar brings sweetness because it's sugar. It yep. brings bitterness because it's burnt, but it also brings viscosity because it's, it's syrup. And you get right. different things on the nose when you change the viscosity. So. And when you burn shit. That's, you let's burn, burn some shit. shit. Yeah, burn some shit. Um, so go ahead. So yeah, get, so so as you can see by the color, that uh, you know, it's not super dark. It's it's like auburn and it's kind of colorish. Yeah, kind of looks like a like Montenegro. Uh, kind of looks like a little diluted. Uh, it looks like an old fashioned without ice. Yeah, that's a good that's a good call. Uh, what are you getting on the nose there, though? It's like cinnamon, cinnamony, right? Oh, it smells like. I mean, the alcohol is a little higher, right? It's yeah, thirty eight percent. So you little, get a little bit of that. Yeah. Thinner in, in the nose. I also get a little bit of the wood notes, right? So because yeah, it's, sure. it's, it's sitting in, um, you know, those casks with a medium char, so you're getting all of that. This is good. It's toasty. It's warming. I said it looked like an old fashioned. It kind of tastes like an old fashioned, mm-hmm. like built 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 in the glass already. It's you know it's it doesn't have like the the heavy like licorice. No, oh, it's it's minimal. I don't get a lot of anise on this at all. Yeah. Like, it's minimal. This is delightful. Cinnamon, cardamom, I, th- I would say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that's this manifest. Yeah, it's... A, it's Nice. Some back notes of, like, ginger. Yeah, for sure. Oh. A little spiciness. This is tasty. Yeah. This is, this so, is like, I want to sit around the fire over at Grand Army and drink this. So how long can we not order it for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damon and I have to arm wrestle at the end of the show who gets the rest of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> he always wins. Um... And uh, Dave, I poured you one. Did you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I, I just didn't want to come barging in. Oh, all right. Well, I, I guess I could do that, though. No, no <laughs> one's ever going to stop you from doing that. We should have a celebratory cheers. Get yeah. your, cheers, guys. Yeah. Bring it in. Ah, good to see you, team. Roast. This is delicious. Roast. Willie Shine. So happy to have you. Yeah. Uh, can I get you? Oh, it's cross. There it is. There it is. Manifest. So talk, let's talk about Jägermeister and your job with them. You're enjoying it? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an opportunity of a lifetime, man. Um, when I jumped on two plus years ago, almost two and a half years ago now, um, gosh, it's been that long already. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the Moss family came over, bought Sydney Frank. Um, we got rid of all of which the, is like such a fucking strong move. Yeah, like they were just like, we're not super happy with your performance and selling us inside this portfolio, so we're just gonna buy your whole thing. <laughs> it's time. It was time. Yeah, to, I mean, it's like it when you go into a restaurant control. and yeah. you're like, "This is not the ham sandwich I expected." I'm gonna buy the restaurant and fix this fucking ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you just like, I got the money. I'm doing this. So it was, you know, it's, it's a it's a family owned brand since 1934, and and um, in this country, Sidney Frank had it from the late 70s, early 80s distribution rights. Right. And uh, it was the time to take a global control of the brand, and uh, the family came, bought Sidney Frank out. Um, and wanted to uh, just take full control of, of, of Jägermeister in the U.S. I mean, it's the 
biggest market in in the world for for booze. Of course. Um, so uh, we wanted to um, you like know to spend drink. some time with the brand and you know get it get it healthy and and um, and take it to the next level. So uh, super proud to have been brought on the team uh, two and a half years ago. Uh, as what, what, Brandmeister. Yeah, what what does that mean? Are you you are you global? Are you just America? What are you? It's it's uh, U.S. But I do a lot of global. Yeah, because I've stuff. seen you've been traveling a yeah, lot. I do a lot. Of, I do a lot of global stuff, and a lot of it has to do with education of myself. Yeah. Uh, but then also working, you know, with closely with HQ in in, in Germany, talking about global cocktail strategy and uh, innovation trends, and whatever trends, and yeah, all that kind of stuff. So. It's really it's it's a it's an it's a unique position that's really hard to define. But literally, it, for me, it's if I was to define it uh, simply, it's brand expert, category expert, anything and everything has to do with Jägermeister as a, as a brand. I'm the guy that knows the most of it within our U.S. world. I'm the conduit to the bartender. Anything that's educational strategy, uh, I do. Uh, U.S. drink strategy, I do. Uh, and then any innovation or anything, I'm part of the team that uh, you know that uh, that does that. I sit on the commercial leadership team. I sit pretty high on the marketing team. Um, a lot of on-premise, uh, you know, bartenders. Up. We have a we have a wonderful group of people around this country country called trend and scene managers, and uh, there are they're not really ambassadors. They're they're in, in in the in the classic sense of a brand ambassador. They do a lot more. Yeah. Um, and and I work closely with that team around the country as well, because uh, you know at the end of the day it's Jägermeister as we as we know it um, is very much about that celebratory moment, that shot moment, um, and then you know if you want to pour it in a drink, you pour it in a drink. But it's it's also a lifestyle. It's also a lifestyle brand that we're you know we're we're, we're tapping into subcultures uh, around this country in different uh, in different very you know different markets, uh, tapping into food, fashion, art, uh, music. And just aligning ourselves with uh, with rad people and um, just doing really cool shit. Yeah, man. You know? It is, of, man. Speaking of music and cool shit, um, especially starting out with cool shit, I got to attend. It was right after you started with Jägermeister. We got to go down to Red Hook, and you had the pop-up bar, the Jägermeister pop-up bar in the trailer. The truck, yeah. The truck, yeah. That thing was incredible. And, and But that used to be a stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a pop-up stage for, uh, mm-hmm. was it Odds? For festivals, for all, we, we, all kinds of festivals. It was built in 2007, man, as as a as the Jägermeister mobile stage. It saw over a thousand shows. It's crazy, and then they turn it into a bar. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like a semi truck trailer with a beautiful bar built in. It's beautiful, and it the sides flip down and it turns into a giant stage. Yeah, gorgeous, crazy. When I, when I it's first, like a fucking transformer. Yeah, it, it is. is totally <laughs> Optimus Prime. <laughs> Jägermeister built a fucking yeah. transformer of red. <laughs> when I when I signed the dotted line, the first thing they said to me is like, "You want to uh, drive the truck? You want to build? <laughs> you want to build a bar in this truck?" So the, a guy that I work with, this kid, this guy uh, Jack Carson, he's a pretty pretty incredible individual, funny as hell. He, oh, I've met Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Jack. He's uh, he's he's got like a pretty incredible pedigree back in the music uh, industry, music business, that kind of thing. And he was running national events at the time. And he back in two thousand seven with a crew built this thing. And then um, when I when I jumped on, they were like, "Okay, work with Jack, build this truck." So we had a, we had an absolute blast turning this semi trailer into a kind of mobile speakeasy kind of yeah. thing. Like so, I know the yeah, it was parked down in the middle of nowhere. Right. <laughs> they put us on a bus and wouldn't tell us where we were going. And the outside of the truck doesn't scream Jägermeister on the outside. It says Wolferison Buddel, yeah. finest purveyor of herbs, spices, roots, and flowers. And the reason why we chose that is because Wolferison Buddel, oh, no, wait. not even get buzzed. <laughs> Wolferison Buddel is the old name 
of where Jägermeister is, the town. It's yeah. called uh, Wolfenbüttel now, but back in the day it was called Wolfersenbüttel. And being purveyors of, finest purveyors of herbs, spices, roots, and flowers, think about it. Jägermeister's got 56 herbs, spices, roots, and flowers from all over the globe. So we're just playing on, playing on words, playing on name, that kind of thing. And it's, you know, a great color green with a little bit of tan writing. And you can't, it's not flashy black and orange. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, we're going in a different direction. But the bar is amazing. The guys who I had built that bar inside there, if you've ever been to Sweet Liberty in Miami yeah, for mm-hmm. John LaMare's bar. Of course. The guys who built that bar. Um, and a good friend of mine, Dan, Dan Binkowitz, who's uh, John's partner at that bar, um, gave me the, uh, the, the, the company that built their bar. And they were called, uh, shoot off the top of my head, I can't remember it right now, but um, they helped me build it. You That's know? awesome. And it needed to be, it needed to be mobile. It needed to break down. So because when you're driving on the road with, the, with, with it, everything's got to kind of yeah, break down away, and, yeah. and pack away, you know, and... And it has running water. It has running water. and I got behind the bar. And I had like, it too. Yeah, it has those drawers. It we were a there great the same bar. night. Were we? Yeah. It was three nights in a row. I can't remember. I were think we were there? there the same night. Okay. But the guys, the guys <laughs> who run... I'm not going to say that I don't remember because I was drinking, but I'm, I don't remember because I was drinking. <laughs> the guys who run this truck still to this day are, are like mad genius production people that still do like massive festivals and shows like one of the guys this guy, this guy dave summers is like a, a sound engineer genius that's done that's worked with everybody like def leppard and slayer and and, and everybody <laughs> awesome. uh and they they run the production on this truck uh all over the country it's 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 pretty rad man the people that that are that have been put together as a team in the u.s to to to, to take jägermeister to the next level are just incredible individuals you know i'm blessed i'm blessed to be working with some some pretty rad Pretty rad cats. You, you know, you are. We'll, we'll, I'll accept your, your answer that you're blessed. But, but as we said maybe on the break, you know, it's one of those situations where the harder you work, the luckier you get. Right? That's true. I don't think it's all just luck. Although I think a lot of it is. We agree on that, right? We're, I mean, we're a like, bunch of lucky dudes. Well, you put yourself in the right situation, hopefully luck will come. And uh, I, I think through my career, that, that has happened a, a few times, thank God, just due to you know, work ethic that was beat into me as a young man. Yeah. Um, and then a little bit of passion about something, right? If you really, really love something, like I ended up just loving what I was doing and it didn't feel like work, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so that that all kind of coming together was a perfect storm of, of, of opportunity. It's great, man. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, I, I got to say again, man, you really inspire me. Like you're saying Souther before at the beginning of the show is um, every time he walks in the room, you're just like, all right. It's a different kind of party now. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Get your get get your shine on. Yeah, it really shines in the room. It's but, gonna uh, get real. Yeah, but I, I really appreciate your passion for the industry, and we all as we all do. Um, and uh, yeah, well, and everything that you do me, for yeah, and, and, and everything you do for us too. You know, um, you've become by by proxy. You know, you're 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 the brand meister of your brand that you actually work for. But you're you're sort of a, an ambassador to this industry. Uh, in that, what you know, to reiterate what I said earlier, like when you show up, shit gets real, shit changes, attitudes change, the room changes, the atmosphere changes, and that was long before you were in this position. Like that's just who you are. I, I think it would be the same thing if you were a fucking tire salesman. Like, yeah, well, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate <laughs> the that, dudes guys, from Goodyear and... would be like, "Fuck, Willie's here." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the Firestone guys would be like, "Yeah, rad." <laughs> and it wouldn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, and I think that's a that's a great uh, personality trait that that that. Uh, transcends what we do uh, and that's just part of you and that's what makes 
You're a beautiful I, I, person, I, man. I love, I, I love the fact that that, <laughs> there, that, that 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 when even now, dude, like hanging out with two OGs in in, in the studio talking shop, and and you know it's you know it's 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 great to bring out the best of all of us, man. You know, like uh, it's 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 an opportunity. This is a great opportunity to be just you know chilling back here, having a bud. Drinking some manifest, talking to some OGs, man. You know, like <laughs> yeah, sitting, it's, in a, it's, sitting in a trailer. Yeah. It's good. It's good. You know, and, and you know, just to go back to what you said a little bit is, you know, I'm also a married man with three kids. You know, and um, the balance of the balance of 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 work life and family life and all of it of is complete m- beautiful mayhem, right? It's literally beautiful mayhem. You know. Day to day, balancing both worlds out is is not an easy task. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't change it for the world. You know. It's amazing. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, it looks like we're at the end of the show, man. Yeah, it was a great one. That's yeah. it. We're, yeah. P- quick. Love and you guys. Quick and painful. Yeah. <laughs> quick and painful. That's how we do it. Cool, man. Um, so, you want to take us out? Yeah. Let me uh, actually. Let me pull up my calendar real fast. I wasn't really prepared. Um, next week. Uh, well, in upcoming weeks. We've got, uh, oh, you know, Alfred Quantreau is going to be here. He just wrote a book. Oh, right. uh, he's going to be on the show. Uh, we've got the team from Shaker and Spoon coming up as well. Um, that's a pretty cool thing. They do like, it's almost like a Blue Apron, but for drinks. Mm-hmm. They get a little subscription box that comes once a month. And, they do a great job. Uh, we did it. We did it. A I did one too. Ago. Yeah. I did a couple of months ago. Unbelievable. Yeah. Just in, in really meticulously well put together. Yeah. Cool. Right. It's pretty cool. Uh, you, you get this whole box, and, and you, all you have to do is go out and buy one bottle of booze, and it'll make 12 drinks from the stuff that's in the box. Pretty rad. We'll talk more about that. Maggie Hoffman's coming up with her book as well. Um, yeah. We got some bunch of cool stuff coming up. Uh, yeah. I'm glad to be back in the studio. Happy New Year. Hey, um, yeah. Glad to be back uh, hanging out with, with Dave out there. Thanks, Dave, for always being here and taking care of us. Um, Except for those couple weeks. But yeah, <laughs> you got it. Hey, listen, everybody needs a vacation, and I'm sure True people, people who have to work with Damon and I probably extra need a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we stand on your shoulders to make this thing happen. Um, uh, anyway, that's all I've got. Uh, all right, cool, man. Um, well, that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Thank you, Willie Shine, again. Thank you. To all of our listeners, for listening to Heritage Radio Network, tune in to the station for many more programs like this. Click on the beating heart at the top right so you can donate to the station and keep us alive. Um, And we'll see you next week. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.